1: Good morning. So glad Hi. all of you have joined us today. So for those of you that don't know Matt, that video is kind of his role. <laughs> he puts all those together for us. <laughs> Among other things. Anyhow, so we have been working through Check. the days of Noah. There you go.
2: Hey, good morning. Yeah, so I am Matt. I'm the guy that makes videos and stuff here. So if you want to complain... Hi, this is the no, no, no complaints. <laughs> I'm kidding, no, I'm kidding. Good. Compliments to you. Oh, by the way, just before we start, I just want to say, uh, after working with these guys, uh, it's an amazing honor to be here. Thank you guys for choosing, uh, or for whatever reason you picked me, <laughs> to be here today. Uh, I just want to say to you guys, uh, after working with them, they're smart people. Can everyone agree with that? Yep. They are smart people. They are wise. I-, I didn't hear anyone agree with that, though. Yes? Yes? They are smart people. And sometimes you meet smart people, and they just use their body as a place to take their brain to the one place or another, and they're just full of themselves. <laughs> so, but working with these guys, they've really shown me that they're hardest for you guys. They're hardest for family, they're hardest for everyone around you. So it's really really blessed to have pastors here that care about family and friends and the body of Christ, but as well be smart. It's amazing. So thank you guys for, for being who you are. really appreciate that.
1: Wow.
0: I don't know what that to did. say.
2: I think that's a clap, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> did you tell him to say that? No, no, no I didn't I pay don't. him anything.
1: <laughs> I promise. I believe you.
2: That must be true.
1: <laughs> so we've been working through uh, the days of Noah. It's been a lot of fun working through this series. We do have the uh, concluding message next week, but this is the one that I've been waiting to talk about forever. It seems like. And we're going to talk to you today about transhumanism. How many what? of you, just so I know, know what transhumanism is? Less than, t- less, than 10%, less than four people. Less than ten percent. Less than five percent. Okay. Well, this will be fun. Let's start with another new word: technocracy. Yeah. People <laughs> who believe that all problems can be solved using technology. How I many? So that's pretty easy to understand. And then transhumanism is an international intellectual and cultural movement supporting the use of science and technology to improve human mental and physical characteristics and capacities. The movement regards, it's really a religion, I'm going to throw that in there, it regards aspects of the human condition such as disability, suffering, disease, aging, involuntary death as unnecessary and undesirable. They look to biotechnologies and other emerging technologies for these purposes too. Conquer suffering, disability, aging, and death. And then, from word sense, it's a philosophy favoring the use of science and technology, especially neurotechnology, biotechnology, and nanotechnology, to overcome human limitations and to improve the human condition.
2: So, like to just summarize, blah 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 blah, blah 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 blah, blah 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 blah, Terminator. That's essentially it. Terminator.
1: <laughs> and. Uh, Another another term you may hear in this context is humanity plus. Okay, so humanity plus, or the next level of humanity. There's actually a whole website on that. Humanity 2.0. Yep, that's another one, humanity 2.0. Foundationally for today's talk, conversation, man was made in the image of God, Genesis 1.27. So God created human beings in his own image, In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them, okay? There's a movement in the earth today to erase the image of God, okay? That said, transhumanism is a direct attack on mankind being made in the image of God. Now, you need to understand something foundationally. The source code for your life is found in your DNA, When your mom and dad got together, okay, however they did that, okay, God breathed the spirit into existence, you got a unique DNA for yourself, and the source code for life was passed from one generation to the next. Y'all tracking with me on that okay? And that really is how the image of God gets transmitted from generation to generation. So perhaps maybe we can
0: take this a little step further and biblically explain a story of how this actually happened. Absolutely. Um, Genesis 6, 1 to 4. I'm going to read the passage and then I'm going to break it down. Then the people began to multiply on the earth and daughters were born to them. The sons of God saw the beautiful women and took any they wanted as their own wives. Then the Lord said, my spirit will not put up with humans for such a long time for they are only mortal flesh. In the future, their normal lifespan will be no more than 120 years. In those days, and for some time after, giant Nephilites lived on the earth. And whenever the sons of God had intercourse with women, they gave birth to children who became the heroes and famous warriors of ancient times. People struggle with this concept of who are the sons of God here? And, and just before I let, turn it back to Pastor RJ, there's this, the term Nephilites, Nephilim. Have you ever heard of that one? Yeah, some of you? But see, the Nephilim were the byproduct of these sons of God, which I'll let Pastor RJ explain, who are the sons of God, with the daughters of man. I'll let you take it further. Take it from there. Yeah, you can take it from there.
1: You can jump into anytime, Matt. So, no problem. when we're looking at this theologically, you know, the mo- there's three or four theories that are generally accepted, you know, and, and, and the main theory is that the sons of God were fallen angels that came down and started pr- reproducing with humans. And uh, some people have a hard time with that, but I want you to consider if you look at Job 1 6 where it says the sons of God presented themselves before the Father God, right? And Satan went with them. Um, and in Job even 38, there's another reference to it where the morning stars all sang together. It uses the exact same language that it's using back here in Genesis. So there is a couple other theories. One's that they're fallen angels, one's that they're demons, one that, you know, um, it's the sons of Seth. There's a couple other theories that aren't really widely accepted or even talked about much. Those are the main ones. But when we look at this throughout the Old Covenant, it seems that Satan's goal or his end game right from the beginning was to corrupt the pure human stock. He was trying to come up with hybrid versions of humanity. And now, uh, being, you know, 49, studying this for 35 years, I finally think I figured something out. I think the main reason he was trying to corrupt humanity was because God prophesied that through the seed of woman, a pure human Messiah was going to come forth. That's right, right? Jesus was going to come forth. And, and if he could pervert the seed or the stock or the DNA or the source code, you following me on this? Then he couldn't have had a Messiah come forth, and then there would have been no freedom for humans. So God judged this whole group of people, and he wiped them all out except for Noah and his sons and their wives. So eight people lived, pure human stock, we think. Um, And it seems that they didn't get the message the first time around. So after another round of this, God finally judged the angels and said, you're not allowed to do that anymore. And he put them in a place called Tartarus. And in Jude 1.6 and in 1 Peter 2.4, there's this reference to the angels that left their first estate or this, this temporary prison called Tartarus that God put them in and forbid them from procreating with humans at that point. Um, what we have to understand now is, and then and then you can go into the similar, um Satan's agenda to this day is still to um, destroy humans. Mm-hmm. And he's working in the earth today to destroy humanity as we know it.
2: Yeah, so the sin of Lucifer and the sins of Adam and Eve were that they wanted to be like God. Is, Everyone's following me, with me there? Yep. Yep. They wanted to be God. Now, I mean, I don't know about Adam. I mean, he was, I don't, maybe he was just, I don't know. Like, if you guys know the story of Adam and Eve, yes, everyone knows the story of Adam and Eve. Pretty much uh, Eve was the one that wanted to be like God because the serpent came to her and was like, hey, you can be like God. She was like, all right, cool. And then she ate the fruit. And then she's like, oh, no, I'm in trouble. And so she's like, you know what, if I get my husband involved, then I can take 50% of the weight and we, I won't be completely punished. So she's like, hey, Adam try this it's really good and he's like all right cool mm, this is pretty good girl girl where are your clothes at and then they realize they're naked and then they're in trouble and they're like oh no okay god's gonna come he's gonna see us we're gonna be naked He go you know what We'll do this a husband wife team we got to do this together and as soon as god showed up he's like the girl did it she was all her it was all her idea it was all her uh all to say that maybe it should just be lucifer and eve wanted to be like god maybe
1: i don't know what does rachel think about that <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right, all right, okay. I'm going to bail myself up for a second. Yeah, you better. Oh, so, yeah, better I'm going to <laughs> yourself. I'm you go home after this. Yeah, Can you explain okay.
1: that a little difference with his wife yeah, yeah, sitting yeah, there okay, than so he did. I first missed out service. some parts in there.
2: I was just asking you all. I was missing out some parts. So, Adam actually was in the garden with Eve when that happened. So, technically, he should have been there to protect her. One strike for Adam. Second strike for Adam was he, uh, had, he was spineless and he just totally went, how's you. So, anyway, long story short, they're both at fault. You're not saying anything, so let's just leave it, Lucifer, Adam, and Eve. All right, <laughs> but you got to remember, the transhumanist agenda is that it seeks to achieve heaven on earth um, without the, without Jesus. With the eternal life without Jesus is the essentially the transhumanist agenda.
1: And in John fourteen six, Jesus told him, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me." So either Jesus is lying when he said that, he's crazy, or he really is Lord and the only way to get eternal life is through him. So for man in their arrogance to try to get eternal life bypassing Christ is what we're talking about today.
2: And in eternal life, we, we know that means forever, right? Eternity, everyone knows that, yes? Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Yeah, and when I, when I say something like that, I expect you guys to say yes. <laughs> so I know everyone's tracking just so I can get a, a count. Um, so with that being said, they are obviously afraid of death because you, you wouldn't be afraid of death if you knew where you're going, right? As Christians, we know where we're going. But they're afraid of losing life because this is all they have. They believe after this, there's nothingness. Uh, I mean, fair point. I mean, if they don't know Jesus, how are they supposed to know? But I mean that is our job, just so we're clear, we're supposed to do that. <laughs> uh, but anyway, as a Christian, though, is it wrong to take the devices? Because transhumanism, it's a technically, as I said, Terminator in a sense. Uh, is it wrong to take uh, the devices or the technology and live longer past the human existence? That that's a that's an interesting question. So something I was kind of praying about, and I was asking God about this. And it's, there. the thought of Paul came to my mind from the scripture. And he he talks about in uh, Philippians 1, 22 to 24, he talks about, I wanna go be with Christ, but it's better that I stay here right now because I need to be here for you guys right now. And it's more, there's more edification here if I stay than if I go. And so if when you read that verse out, Essentially, he's saying, I have a mission here on earth and I have not completed it yet, but I really want to be with Jesus. But I know that I'm not done, so I'm going to finish this race here. Are you guys following with me? So with that being said, if technology lets you last longer or lives longer, I mean, the world has fallen, right? Uh, our, Our DNA is technically corrupted. As we keep reproducing, our genomes slowly fade and get worse and worse. So you have cancers and all these other horrible things. Unfortunately, we're in a fallen world. That's the way it works. But to know that you can fix those things, is that wrong? I mean, I I don't think so. But to know the end of why we're living makes sense, which is what Paul was talking about. I wanna be with Christ. And as Christians, we know that we have a mission here on earth and God has placed a purpose in each one of us. Does everyone know that? Yeah, there's there's an assignment for you here on earth. And you need to know the plans and purposes of your life. Does everyone here know Jeremiah 29, 11? Yep. Yeah, I mean a bunch of us do. I'm just gonna read it out really quick. Uh, for I have the plan, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Yep. So with those things, God is wanting us to break free outside of these walls, the people that are stuck, that are in bondage, that are in darkness, because unfortunately life is not easy. We, we live this every day, and we were made to go and bring light, to bring freedom, to bring joy to the lost out there for, for God's kids, because they need to receive that freedom too, right? So with that being said, longevity, yeah, but for what purpose? We all long for the day, and I hope we do, that we stand before the throne or bow and hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. Anyway.
0: So Matt, as I hear you talking, you use this phrase, living forever and whatnot. Like, honestly, as I'm listening to this, I'm hearing some kind of a conspiracy theory. Like, honestly, like, like, is it possible that humans without, apart from God can live forever? And, you know, that was something that I wrestled with, and it really didn't make a lot of sense to me
1: until... Sounds pretty sci-fi.
0: Sounds pretty sci-fi, like some weird science fiction movie. But anyways, here's a quote from Ray Kurzweil, um, where he says, we're just a few scientific breakthroughs away from achieving eternal life.
2: And this is, he's dead serious. This is no joke. By the way, this guy has like 21 PhDs and he's like a whole nine yards futuristic kind of guy. Yep. like created text to speech. Like he's pretty high up there in terms of technology and stuff. But you know, I, as,
0: I, as I hear this, I have to ask the question. Like if humanity thinks that they can attain some form of eternal life, for those of us who know Jesus Christ, what is eternal life apart from an eternal father, an eternal creator? an eternal life giver? Is it possible? Or is it, is it even something
1: desirable? So, going back to the Genesis narrative that we started with, because it ties in really closely with what we're about to talk about. When sperm and egg come together, God breathes a spirit into existence. Yep. And you have a new life, spirit, soul, body. There's three parts to humans, okay? And I think even when they do things like in vitro, they're just doing it. They're assembling it outside the body, but it's still human and human. And they put it together. Do you think that God has an obligation to breathe the spirit into existence when people try to create life outside of His process that He set up? And if they do create life outside of that process, is it really human? And if it's not really human, is it redeemable? What do you think? Can a robot be born again?
2: Mm, Not a human, so no.
1: It's not human, so no. Why? Because it has no No spirit. spirit. Right. Right? So if they create flesh that doesn't have a spirit, is it even redeemable? Can it even be saved? Are you following? And that leads us into... Homo sapiens, which is humans, are now, according to this technocracy, this scientific dictatorship, we're transitioning to Homo evolutus, which means we control the evolution of our species now. That's what they really believe. They believe that it's now been given to man to control what's going to happen with humanity and how we're going to go to humanity 2.0 or humanity plus.
2: I can't. I, it's kind of weird to think about. If, if a human could live forever and then have, like, body parts, how weird would it be because your skin just keeps aging? You just have to get, like, a ton of Botox? No, I think, I think, you're, I really think what they're like thinking... you like a human water balloon. You would I, just really, I,
1: know, I really think what they're thinking is you can upload your consciousness to the cloud and just download it to a new shell. Hey, I've always wanted
0: a new body. Yes. <laughs> like, seriously. I mean, if I could be this buff muff muscle guy, right? Without the work. Whew.
2: Perfect. So
1: <laughs> upload your consciousness to the cloud.
2: Yep. And download Arnold Schwarzenegger. And then, and then find a body <laughs> and then download your consciousness into that body. Oh, my goodness. Then everyone would be buff and then everyone wants skinny people instead. I don't know. It just seems weird to me. But anyway, long story short, we're talking crazy. It sounds like Terminator. And... I'm going to the fun segment where it's actually not. Okay, so the thought of a consciousness being uploaded and all that, whoa, weird, right? I don't even think that's possible. All right, let's play with that. So there is a company called Neuralink. Does anyone know that? So Elon Musk is actually a huge uh, uh, funder of this. And he essentially believes Neuralink is worth it because he believes that we're going to be outdated and that we might as well merge with AI. Does anyone know what AI is? Artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence. So he believes that we pretty much should merge with AI. Like, if you can't beat them, join them. So what he made is uh, a device. And can we have that monkey up? I don't know if we have the monkey up. Monkey, monkey, monkey. Yeah, there he is. Can everyone see that? Okay. So what I'm showing you is a monkey, and he's playing ping pong. And that's all I really wanted to show you. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. But uh, anyway, no, I'm just kidding. So the monkey is actually playing ping pong with his mind. And this is from Neuralink. So the thing that he's uh, eating there is he's just eating a banana smoothie, just enjoying life. And he's using his brain. And then that little section in the corner is actually his brain activity. And the AI is determining what moves he's making with uh, reading to convert to digital uh, technology, which is ping pong. Does that make sense? That is happening today. Like this is real. Like actually they're actually video. they're actually here, and they're actually looking at doing humans next. Now that's that's neuro, that's uh, Neuralink, but the next one is Science Corp. It's by Max Hodak. He worked with Neuralink, um, then he branched off, and he didn't believe what uh, what's it called? Uh, Elon Musk believes, which is he's, Elon Musk essentially is going to use the brain to mess with technology, which is what that is. The next part is Science Corp. They believe the opposite. They believe that we should mess with our body, biology, to interact with technology. So it's kind of the reverse. It's uh, use technology, mess with the brain instead. And what they're creating is essentially, uh, they're hiring CRISPR workers right now and huge mass production of stem cells. Does anyone know what CRISPR is? Yeah. Okay, so you wanna explain CRISPR? No, go ahead. Okay, cool. Essentially, That's totally brought you here. <laughs> Oh man. Uh, the CRISPR is essentially, we have a DNA code and CRISPR allows us to edit those DNA codes and then replant it into whatever we want. So like MRNA, stuff like that.
1: So you understand they've had the ability to splice the human genome since 2012. Yeah. Right. So now they can
2: mess with it.
0: Just to take it another step further. Um, when they determine that they want to create something, they in, they insert into CRISPR the starting point. Here's the DNA code of the starting point. And then CRISPR will analyze. If you say, I want to go, let's say, from a monkey to a human, CRISPR will actually print the DNA code required
2: to make it a reality. Right. And then they can make this in biology. And it's all fun. You can like literally look this up. It's actually really cool. Just type in Neuralink. Uh, science corp. These are huge corporations. They're not hiding anything. This is on their YouTube channel, (laughs) like the monkey. Uh, And there's another one called Synchron. So Synchron, actually, this is crazy because they're FDA approved. They're doing the same thing as uh, Neuralink, but except they're going through your uh, vessels, your blood vessels, because it's something that we've done uh, as like for surgeries and stuff that's already normal. So FDA approval was pretty quick. So they actually insert nodes to your brain through veins and then they're able to read brain activity and essentially talk to your devices like your phone and all that stuff. And you got to remember they're all saying this is for the good, right? So this is this is, there's a lot of good stuff that comes out of this. Like you can get rid of cancers, you can get rid of you if you have no eyesight, you can do diabetes. that if you have diabetes. It's, uh, it's very you're noble. Paralyzed.
1: Yeah. Like in you're a paralyzed. lot of ways what they're trying to achieve is noble and I really believe a lot of people working on this have noble intention and good intention. Yeah, there is a big butt there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> big butt. Oh, man. Uh, but so the next, oh, that was a big butt too. So Meta is Mark Zuckerberg. Everyone heard of Meta? I don't know if you know, but your Facebook company has changed from Facebook to Meta. Anyway, have anyone here seen Ready Player One or read the book? Yeah. yeah? Okay, essentially it's you're living your real life on a video game and you can feel and touch and move and all that. And all the, just the kind of the devices I just explained to you or the corporations that are trying to move with um, technology, you can kind of see how they can kind of marry or be in a one big dance eventually, right? Which is kind of crazy to think about. But he's, he's essentially creating a wrist device that reads your uh, motor neurons, that your brain, when you're seeing in VR, you can do things without really moving. You can walk and move and, without actually getting out of your seat, which is pretty cool. But anyway, it's getting, it's getting pretty wild. So,
1: some of those things are really um, good, you know. If someone doesn't have eyesight, you can give them a, a robotic eye so that they can see and they can integrate it with the brain. That sounds really neat, and then you can give someone sight. I don't really have a problem with that. It's just who is able to access what they see through that eye? That's when you start getting into things that are a little bit darker, right? Who owns you once they put that I in you? Like, those are the questions that we haven't really solved yet. So, moving on from there, the Government of Canada has a website. Uh, what is it? Policies.
0: Policyhorizons. We have the bumper, actually.
1: Yeah. Oh, you have the bumper? Yep. There. Where we go. That's the site. Right on the Government of Canada. Exploring biodigital convergence. And if you were to spend a little bit of time on this site, which I recommend you do just for fun, they actually talk about all their, what they're trying to accomplish, and he's gonna read a quote in a second. But through this, they create like a fictitious scenario of how people are gonna live. So you wake up in the morning, and the nanotech in your body, it tells you what's happening in your blood, and it sends a thing to your printer which prints the optimum breakfast for what you need right now, and it adjusts the insulin levels and the temperature, and you're a little stressed, so we're going to put this up on the screen, and you're not going to go into work today. I've already changed it, so you're going to work from home. Like, the AI makes all these decisions for you and handles it for you. And then, you, you know, you want to see what was happening at your house last night, see so what's happened to the Dragonfly cameras outside. But then afterwards, they say, all of this tech that we referenced actually already exists. Yeah. yeah. It's not always commercially available, which means you can't go to Walmart and get it but it's already exists, they've already done it. They've already done the neural link with the dragonflies so that they can transmit what it sees when it flies around your house back to where they're at.
2: This is on the government website.
1: This is on the Government of Canada website. It government came last year around April or May. Anyway, go ahead with that quote. So this is a quote directly from this
0: website. In the coming years, biodigital technologies could be woven into our lives in the way that digital technologies are now. So if you can picture the, ex- the extent of, of technology, like cell phones, a watch, you know, and a smartwatch, no
1: need for them anymore. No need for them anymore. Because they're gonna integrate them into your organic body. So when you wanna make a phone call, you don't need to carry this bulky thing around. You just think, I wanna call.
0: And not only that, but I mean, Pastor RJ in the first service kind of joked about calling. Uh,
1: oh, <laughs> yeah. It's. So, my wife, I have her on my phone as most beautiful girl in the world. And it really messes with the kids because I go, Siri, call most beautiful girl. And it calls my wife and the kids are like, how does it know that? Or, or even, even if you were to say, call Buttercup.
0: Yeah, I could do that. Too. Because here's the interesting thing about artificial intelligence is it actually can read your mind. It has the ability to read your mind so that it knows I have this, this,
1: uh, we didn't talk about this at first service, but you know, your phone is always listening, right? So if you want to mess with your spouse or your brother or sister, just walk by and say random things and watch all the ads that start showing up on their feed. Yeah. So let me,
0: let me continue here. Biological and digital systems are converging and could change the way we work, live, and even evolve as a species. More than a technological change, this bio-digital convergence may transform the way we understand ourselves and cause us to redefine what we consider human or natural. This is on the Government of Canada website.
1: So I'm gonna jump down now because that just explains kind of where they think it could go or where they think it's going, or actually where it's really going. But I was, I was reading this other transhumanist and he goes through, people don't understand uh, the speed of technological disruption. Or the, the, we talked about this a few weeks ago, how data is doubling, right? Every and, eight to 12 hours. And essentially all specialist jobs are at risk because AI is becoming smarter. And I'll give you a real world a real example of this. Right now, the AI doctors, like the robots, are diagnosing with a greater degree of accuracy than human doctors are. And when new research comes out, it automatically gets downloaded into the AI robot where all my doctor friends spend their Saturdays reading all the medical journals trying to keep up. Okay, and so they went through the whole, this is basically, they, the guy goes on to talk about multi-specialty, how we're gonna be learning till we're age 25, you're gonna to have to have your maths and sciences and then specializations. Three is what they think with technical upgrades. What's a technical upgrade? And then this is how they're gonna do it. First, free education. Second, universal basic income. Third, brain-computer interface. And here's the conclusion. This is now unavoidable. Humans have to merge with the AI to remain relevant. Sounds kind of like playing God. Like, Mm -hmm, think about that. (laughs) If we don't merge to become something else with AI, we won't even be be able to do our job. Outdated. Yeah.
0: Obsolete. It's interesting because this concept, playing God, I mean, it does sound a little out there. Back in 2016... John Joe McFadden creates, or he writes this article in The Guardian. Genetic editing is like playing God. What's wrong with that? But listen to what he has to say. The opponents are right. We are indeed playing God with our genes, but it is a good thing because, now listen to this, here's their justification. It is a good thing because God nature, or whatever we want to call the agencies that have made us often get it
1: wrong. And it's up to us to correct it. So remember Adam and Eve in the garden when they sinned and the DNA started breaking down and disease entered in? They're correct. Humanity is broken. There is sickness. There's disease in the planet because of sin. But what they fail to realize is they're the cause of it because of their rebellion against God and they didn't do what he asked them to. We didn't talk about this at first, but I really want to put this in. Um, natureofhealing.org, it talks about the transhumanist agenda and the future of humanity this February, 2018. There will be in the next generation or so, catch this, a pharmacological method of making people love their servitude mm. in producing dictatorship without tears, so to speak producing a kind of painless concentration camp for the entire societies so that people will in fact have their liberties taken away from them but will rather enjoy it because they will be distracted from any desire to rebel by propaganda or brainwashing or brainwashing enhanced by pharmacological methods. And this seems to be the final revolution. Aldous Huxley, 2018. Which leads us to Antichrist.
0: Yeah, go ahead. I'm just trying to process the tie-in from that last quote.
2: Yeah, it's pretty wild.
0: <laughs> you know, it's like I know this sounds really out there, and and you know this all ties in to the end time agenda in in regards to the days of Noah, what we've been talking about. Because if you really think about it, what is the Antichrist agenda, or what is the devil's agenda? Is it not to mimic
1: Jesus Christ? Well, so far we've learned that they're trying to obtain eternal life without Jesus, right? Last week we learned that he's got his unholy trinity that he's going to try to produce to lead people in worship of the beast or in worship of Satan instead of God.
0: So if they can logically create some form of a dependence on their agenda, you can't buy, you can't sell, Unless you have the mark of the beast, unless you have this mark of the beast, you are going to suffer.
1: That that that's the that's what the Bible says, pretty much, right? So, sorry, Matt. Also, going back to Genesis, Satan has an agenda to destroy humans. That agenda hasn't changed. If he can now, through genetic splicing, start altering the source code, and creating beings through unnatural methods that are not sanctioned by God, then you have these beings without a spirit. Are they even redeemable? Can a robot be born again? No. Can someone without a spirit be born again? So they're going to create something, these hybrids, but see what they're doing right now with the technology, what they're doing right now globally, is they're putting the framework in place for the Antichrist to step into power, And when he does, all of this stuff makes sense, because you know, when we were talking about the bowls and the trumpets mm-hmm. the scripture saying on multiple occasions, no one could repent. And I, I used to how could nobody repent? I mean, hey, you're having a really bad day and what do you do? God help me. Or maybe you're having a bad week or a bad month or a bad year. Or some of you are in church today because you went through hell on earth because of your bad choices and one day you surrender to Christ. Said, please fix the mess I made. And how many of you know he came and waved a magic wand and made it all better? (laughs) Don't work that way.
0: Or you get the fifth trumpet tormented for five months straight
1: and they still don't repent. Yeah, so the only reason I can see, and it makes so much sense when I look at what they're doing with Trinity, the reason they're not repenting is because they don't have the capacity to repent. And that even ties into so many things in the old covenant because you ever wonder like, why did God tell Israel, wipe out the men, the women, and the children? I get the men. I get the men and women in some cases, but like, why the children? If they were hybrids and they weren't redeemable, it starts making like it start it's you frame that through a different conversation right now and and anyway all of this leads to the place where transhumanism wants to eliminate human suffering you know i that i found
0: this quote actually um, from christiandiscipleschurch.org and and honestly even as christians how, how many of you like suffering anybody I'm hearing a lot of no's. I'm not hearing too many yeses.
1: You mean we have to suffer as Christians?
0: Well, listen to this. In the light of the cross of Christ, we can point to something specific in regard to the general statement that suffering has value. What? Suffering has value? It does. The cross enables us to see the truth that because Christ suffered to redeem us, suffering is the most meaningful thing for the Christian life. Did you get that? Suffering is the most meaningful thing for the Christian life because that's what matures us to become yep. Christ-like.
2: Yep. And human suffering, it's, a, it's an interesting thing because we're talking about, obviously, transhumanism, right? So we're talking about things that we can edit, we can change, we, can, we don't like it, we can move it around. So how far does that go, though? If you can end, let's say you want your emotions, but you don't want the suffering, can you edit that? I mean, essentially, well, from what we've seen, you probably could. They could, they could essentially stop those thoughts or those yeah. feelings and numb those. So, And we're talking about that for the end times too. But with that being said, when you take away something and when you think you're trying to fix something, <laughs> humanity is really good at this. They try to fix problems but they don't realize how complex things are. So they end up thinking that this is good and it ends up hurting other people that they didn't think about. Um, whether that be through science, engineering, whatever it may be, there's always things to learn because everything's way more complex. God made us super complex. And if we take away suffering, we would only have the other side. And how weird is that? How weird would that be? Can you imagine having a fight, only being happy? That'd be the weirdest <laughs> thing. It's like I, I hate you so much, I, so much. I just, I just hate you. And the person's just like, oh, thank you so much. I just, I just love you very, very much. Well, I thought you were going to say I hate you too. Well, I mean, so, I would, but like yeah, I, I, I don't a right? so I don't know.
1: Let me, let me ask you a question. How many think if you could eliminate radical extremism that that would be a good thing? Ooh, sounds good. If we could turn off the part of the brain that causes people to strap dynamite on themselves and run into a crowd and pull the trigger, how many say that would be a good thing? Mm-hmm. But who controls that? But, but here's the downside. The same part of the brain that activates when they're pulling the trigger in the middle of a crowd is the same part of your brain that activated this morning when the worship team was here and we were lifting up holy hands and worshiping yep. God. That's right. So if they turn off this, they also turn off that. Complex and we don't understand the end result of all of the things that God had hardwired into us as humans. But when we start messing with this stuff, it has unintended results. Mm-hmm. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, so if you can imagine that m- messing with those two feelings, it's it's kind of a contradiction. You need one in order to appreciate the other, and you need the other to appreciate other yeah, obviously right you need you if when you're in down times you appreciate the good times reverse is true you you learn from suffering we we learn from these emotions so it's not to hide away from things or delete things it's more to uh, enrich us and, and to show like we are human God knows that God knows we're in a fallen state he's coming back right we all know that right yep. he's coming back to restore what he originally planned and that is complete humans fully in his glory with complete working bodies, working everything. I mean, they're talking about not eating and taking, taking advantage and being literally, sounds like heaven on earth to me, what they're trying, superhumans, right? Kind of crazy, but God already wants that for you. And, that, and that's the crazy thing is that we have to remember that as Christians, those walls out there, as, as scary as this seems, like he just talked about, they're listening to us through their, our phones, right? They know what we're saying, yet we still carry phones. Not to say like, oh, Christians, like we should run to the jungles and hide and make huts. Like, no, 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 not at all. Because your mission on earth, like the mission I talked about with Paul, your mission was to go past these walls and to help those around you. Even though these things, and we know, the reason why we speak of these things is to warn and to make sure you understand where where the world is going, to not be afraid because Jesus is here and you are the one to help set people free. We're here for them. We're not here for ourselves, to protect ourselves. So we got to remember that as we go through uh, any turmoil, any suffering, any problems and chaos that we have in this life, that we were made for others. Because Jesus came for us, and we're just doing the same thing. You know, it sounds to me, you know, Matt, you you
0: mentioned about they're listening, right? But instead of fearing man, we need to be fearing God who created us.
1: and. I think you should maybe talk on that. Yeah, so th- talk about maybe the Holy Spirit and
2: how empowers um, us and yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, like so that. essentially if they if they know your thoughts, if let's say let's say AI works out and whatever, which it probably will. I mean world the world is going to fun places, right? But <laughs> yeah, to say the least. But anyway, if this works out, they can hear your thoughts and they obviously are hearing what they want when they want to, and we know that. Why are we so scared of them? Why, why do we hide from them? See, the thing is, do you know that God is listening to you? He knows everything you think in your dark places, in those dark rooms that you think you're hiding. He knows all those things. So it's kind of silly. As Christians, I'm speaking to Christians here, as Christians to think that we should get away with hiding from even the government, not saying that it's right. I'm just saying the thought of God Using you to replace those dark places in your life to bring them out. Why? For the purpose of His glory. And you know, I was thinking about this uh, for myself. I was like, God, what is the silver lining in all this? This is messy. <laughs> there's a lot going on here. There's a lot of, there's a lot that can be good. There's a lot that can be bad. Uh, we're gonna have to find ethics on this. Like, where there's gonna be a lot of uh, researching and uh, walking through this life but i was like god i where's the silver lining where where does this all meet and i and i came across this thought of who we are as humans we are natural beings living on a natural earth walking through life as christians we are aware of the spiritual which is greater than the natural at the same time we're walking around in the natural what does that kind of speak of you're essentially supernatural. Why though? Does anyone know why you're supernatural? Because someone lives on the side of you. Well, who is it? The Holy Spirit. Yes, Jesus, God, all the Trinity, right? Like that is essentially what they're trying to do right now. They're trying to make AI so you can just Google things with your thoughts. Boom, done, I know what I need to know. But how crazy is it that you have a connection with the maker of heaven and earth, the one who created waterfalls and nature and things are are even cells that are flowing in our body right now. And we have that connection with him to know all that we need to know. Um, There's even scripture that says that where it talks about in 1 Corinthians 2.10, but it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit for his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. Uh, there's other scriptures too, but just to make the point of, you are, as Christians, supernatural. You're above what is here on this earth, not because of who you are, but because of who lives inside you. You know, so, yeah. yeah, go ahead. As you,
0: I didn't think of this first service, but but I, it just hit me as you're talking here now that there's a huge difference because try to imagine if in the reality of transhumanism, where you don't, even need to, you don't even need to speak, and people know they can read your minds through this network that's created. The whole realm of the Holy Spirit, the prophetic speaks of the future. In transhumanism, they can't speak of anything futuristic. They can only speak of what's past, of what's already known, because it's only what's already known that's able to be uploaded into the cloud. But the but the Holy Spirit is still, even in this state, as they try to mimic the ability of this supernatural being filled with Holy Spirit, they try to mimic that, they can't. They cannot do it. Because the Holy Spirit, when we operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we're living in a future world, a world already declared and defined by the Lord God Almighty.
2: And that's a beautiful thing. And to add to that too, like what's it called? As the Holy Spirit moves within you and you're doing your assignment as what I was talking about with Paul, yeah. there, there, is, there is unity there within uh, a construct that we were already created for. Yeah. There's nothing to redo on my body. I am created to be holding God inside me, Amen. right? Which is insane to think about. He made me to be just uh, uh, his daughters and sons. And it's crazy to think about it, but at the end of the day, There's a cost for everything. Do you know the cost for transhumanism? I mean, essentially it'd be money, right? But there's always another cost. And what we're trying to explain is there might be a cost of control. You might lose things that you didn't have, that you had choices in. Whereas God is a gentleman. He, he cares about your decisions. He wants you to make decisions. He gave you free will. Why do you think there's people that aren't Christians? If he was a loving God, oh, I don't know. Would he let us have choices? Probably, and he did. Adam and Eve, they made that choice. He, he didn't make it so that they couldn't make that choice. But you've got to remember, when man is in control, just look at history. They want control. They want things in play. Is there anything wrong with that? No. Not, not inherently, but I trust my God. I trust him for my help and my strength and my life. I don't know how to love properly without him. The, he fills the deep spaces that I can't, that I don't understand. How can I trust man to do that for me? That's what right. I've learned through history, through life, it's never worked out. But only this relationship did.
1: Yeah. So why don't we stand and prepare for communion but as we do john 16 13. the spirit of truth comes he will guide you into truth all truth he will not speak on his own but will tell you what he's heard he will tell you about the future you can't have truth without the holy spirit and you know as you were as you were sharing you know it came to me i know we talked about it the other day and probably should have done a little more research but i think his name was george washington carver and I seem to remember the conversation, he, he was praying, God, show me how the universe works. Mm. God said, yeah, no, you wouldn't understand, but how about I show you the peanut? And if you, I don't even remember how many patents he had on the peanut, but like God started showing me the inner work and he started developing like paint and, and, and all kinds of things just from, the, just from the peanut, you know? And I think that's kinda what we have to understand. We're connected to the source of life, the source of power and the source of wisdom. We don't need to ascend to a higher level. We we already have God and His nature in His image inside of us. That's right. Okay. And yes, humanity is broken. Yes, there's suffering. Yes, we want to try to do what we can to eliminate those things. But what's the cost that we're willing to pay for that? Are you willing to sell your soul? Are you willing to give away your eternal security with Christ? Because if that's the cost for taking the mark and eliminating human suffering, are you willing to go down that road? Why don't you go ahead with a cup? Bread? Yeah, bread, sorry, and then you do a cup. Father God,
0: I'm in awe as I stand here at the marvelous way in which you have designed and created us. You have created us as human beings with a spiritual element that you can connect with, relate with, and we can relate and connect with you through the Holy Spirit. And the marvelous workings of that is just mind-boggling, Father God. And even humanity in all their ways trying to mimic, thinking that they can play God will fall short. Father God, I thank you that you have shown us that perfect way through your son, Jesus Christ, who suffered and died You allowed your son to be broken, abused, and bruised so that we can be made whole and complete. And so that one day, one day that we look forward to, we can spend eternity in heaven free. Not eternity here on earth in bondage, but eternity with God and with Jesus Christ in heaven. And I look forward to that date. And as I partake, I'm reminded of everything that was done for that
2: reality. And I partake of it, in Jesus' name. I Thank you, Father, for your blood that was shed on that cross. My curse was put on that tree, God. Because of you, you saved us. You took that place for us. Lord, I thank you for your blood that shed so that we can have healing, we could have strength, we could have communion with you. We could have family, God. We can grow in uh, freedom and and love for one another. I thank you for a church and a body that is connected as one that loves others as one, God, that we can be your hands and feet and only through your blood, God, is this all possible. So Lord, I thank you for the blood that was shed for us.
1: Bless you all.